Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 268, recorded at Big Dog Studios in Eugene, Oregon. This show is made possible by the Herbal Nerd Society. We've got a library of geeky herbal info for herbal nerds of all levels to peruse, appreciate, and absolutely geek out over at the Herbal Nerd Society. If you've got a serious passion for the plants, join the Herbal Nerd Society at herbalnerdsociety.com today. Mud Pod Design House. Ideas are great. They're what businesses are made of. If you have an idea and want to make it a business, you need a website. Mudpoddesign.com makes websites for idea people every day. Life, like the plants, is full of change. As an herbalist, that truth seems obvious. Still, we can find ourselves looking at what we once worked so well with new eyes. Change has happened, and now we must change with it. Today we're talking with Anna Rosa, medical herbalist, member of the National Institute of Medical Herbalism in the UK, and founder of Anna Rosa Skincare about embracing the change in our lives as we travel the herbal path. Now, here are your hosts. I'm Candace Hunter. I'm Patrick Hunter. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Hello, Anna Rosa. Thank you for joining us today. Hello. Thank you. It is always a delight to talk with you. The last time we chatted on air. was <laughs> show 56. Right? It was. Oh, my God. That's 200 <laughs> plus shows ago. <laughs> long time ago yes do you <laughs> know you ago. you were actually one of our very earliest herbal celebrities <laughs> oh, <was> that? <laughs> that is funny i didn't know that no. <laughs> yeah. yeah we got we got the we got this book it says i saw icelandic herbs and we're like all right. <laughs> right and it was fantastic i mean it, it was a really it was it was it was hard to pry that book out of Sue's hands, to be honest. <laughs> it was really funny. And, and and I still remember the joke you told. If you get lost in the forest oh. in, in Iceland, just stand up. Yeah. <laughs> just to explain, because there is so little forest in Iceland. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm still telling that joke. <laughs> So back then you were focused on a lot of medical herbalism and you were doing the book and you were beginning to really lecture a lot. Um, I'm sure you were teaching, had had probably been teaching locally for a long time, but you were starting to really get a lot of national teaching yeah. and lecturing. And now yeah, you're doing right. something that seems radically different with skincare. So how, <laughs> how did you get from there to here? <laughs> Well, <laughs> it's always a story, you know. Uh, I don't think it's radically different, but then maybe I'm a bit weird compared to some. Um, I, I'd always been doing skincare as well, as herbalism and consultation with patients and writing books and lecture and all that. Um, but what happened? You want the long story? Shall I tell you the whole story? Oh, yeah. So well, the whole, the whole time. We have time. <laughs> we have time. Okay. So the whole story actually begins with Instagram of all things. Mm. Um, so I started hanging out on Instagram, which, which people do, you know, and I started notice this photographer who had these exquisite photographs. And I kind of, I like to look at beauty. So that was the entertainment for me every day to look at Instagram and see some beautiful photographs. And this particular photographer, whose name is uh, Mohamed Mohaisen, he photographs exclusively um, refugees. And so I started to follow him. And eventually I started to follow his friends as well and people in this field. 
And I started to get so interested in the uh, the matters of refugees and and how to empower them. And um, that photographer uh, then uh, started a foundation called Everyday Foundation, which is geared towards empowering refugees. And so after a few years of doing this, actually, I, I just had the idea, well, if he can do it, then I can do something like that too, kind of, yeah. like we all can. So... I decided, well, then I thought, well, how am I going to do it? Uh, and, of course, I look at, looked at what I was doing. I was running my business and having a great time doing that. But then I thought, I'll actually have to increase my business to get some more profit out of it so I can start um, donating money towards refugees too. So I, I just thought, well, I just have to make more money. And how, how am I going to do that? <laughs> it was very simple in my mind. And... Uh, so that's how it started. And, and then I looked at my products in Iceland and I wasn't selling international at all. I had refused to do that for many years, partly because I didn't have the time and all kinds of issues or excuses or whatever. It was just too much and it was enough to, to supply 50 shops in Iceland for one person kind of thing. But I started to think a bit bigger and I thought I will actually have to market internationally if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to make more profit. And decided that the whole reason behind doing that would be to make profit to empower refugees. And so I started on that journey and started with actually rebranding my whole company, just for the fun of it. But also, to, <laughs> not just the fun of it, it was a lot of work. But I just also needed to have everything in English. Everything was in Icelandic and that would not have gone so well for the international market. I think. So I decided to rebrand the whole thing in general because I was doing it I might as well do it properly and did a separate website called anarosaskincare.com that kind of thing and uh, and now I have actually started doing that so I am starting marketing to three countries mainly to to US and UK and Canada and uh, always with that in mind that I actually I'm going to take the profit and uh, well, primarily, I am supporting the Everyday Foundation of Mohammed Mohaisen now, uh, and uh, and will continue to do so. But I also want to go there myself uh, to the Middle East and and work with the refugees women. So that will hopefully be my next step after COVID ends. That's big. That's big. Wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just I mean, I don't think so necessarily. <laughs> well. That's the Icelandic. It's all very upbringing. logical to me, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it I, must be. We are rather independent here, uh, but it's also kind of it's a step by step. It has yeah. evolved in my mind, and so for me now it has become like, yeah, this is an obvious thing to do. As for other people, I, I do know that for other people this is not an obvious <laughs> thing, <laughs> but for me it has become like a normal thing to do, well, basically. I mean, as as herbalists, whether you're running a business or you're just you know taking care of yourself or family, friends, whatever with herbs, we need to change as life moves along. I mean, the plants that we need change; mm. everything changes. And yeah, nothing is constant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, and it is. I mean, a lot of times when you look back after having made changes, it seems like it was a logical, simple, obvious path that you took. But when you're at the mm, beginning of yeah. it, it oftentimes, mm. I mean, did you have fears as you were facing it? <laughs> you know, it was a great big idea. Well, it was, 
I I didn't actually talk about it for a few years because I knew it would sound so weird to people. <laughs> so I, I just kept quiet and did my thing, really. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not joking. That's what I did because I, I knew uh, it would sound quite crazy to to a lot of people. But the, the thing with herbalism and us herbalists is that our theme is always healing. And I'm not yeah. going away from that. I'm continuing. It's just goes in a different direction than people normally do. But right. for me it's almost I don't I don't know the word for it, maybe maybe a calling or something like that, not in a religious sense. But it's like it, it came the idea came so strongly to me I could not avoid it basically. Right. And I did avoid it as much as I could for quite a long time, <laughs> but it just kept on growing stronger. And what you do then? You actually have to follow your heart. I yeah. mean that that is how it is. Uh, or how it was with me and and it was kind of just in the end unavoidable and and actually started speaking up about it eventually while I was doing the rebranding and everything I was just I just didn't tell people why, why I was doing it because it was still sort of simmering in in my body kind of uh, and then I got the then I decided well that's enough I actually know what I, why I'm doing it and, and I'm going to speak about it it took a while probably about two or three years to actually form the, the whole idea to form. And then it was like a bit like a snowball. It just started to roll and it grew yeah. bigger and bigger somehow. And that's what is happening at the moment. Yeah, there's a point at which it grows beyond you. It's got a life of its own. Mm. And I think it seems like you're yeah. at that point where it's, it's... And then, exactly. And then I started, the weird thing was then I actually started to discuss it with people and some people were like straight away, yes, of course, this is totally logical. And yeah. I was so shocked. <laughs> 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 because, of course, there are quite a number of people who do not think this is logical at all. <laughs> so I was I was just always wearing them. So every time I met somebody who thought it was weird, I would no, thought it was normal, I would just look at them and like, okay, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so it was, it was it was weird. Well, it has been quite a weird experience in that sense. But it just sort of takes you on that journey and, and you can't control it. And, and you shouldn't. You should just go along with it. Just with the flow kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's even like the herbs that we choose for ourselves change as we age. You know, that just, of mm. course, mm. you know, you go through different stages mm. of life. And even sometimes within just the course of a year or two, we'll find great change happening in our lives because the world around us is changing. Other things are changing. Absolutely. And the herbs always have a thing with, always take part in it. Yes. That's been my experience without a question. Yeah. They Mm. find a way to lead us in the right direction and to ease us through. That's a good way of putting it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Don't I know it? (laughs) Don't we all know it? Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. So, yeah, it was, I loved seeing, you're supporting not just the Everyday Foundation. You have two other foundations on your website that you also um, That's right. support. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's a, a reclaimed childhood, which is concentrating on uh, supporting uh, uh, children and women through sports in Jordan. And then there is Lemon Tree Trust, which is... Um, which is actually growing gardens with refugees in, uh, in is it Kurdistan, I think? Mm-hmm. A part of Iraq? I think I'm correct on that one. So they are actually doing that now and have been doing it for a while. They're actually in the camps growing gardens with people. So 
And I think that is a fabulous idea too. Yeah, that's amazing. But mainly, I, yeah, but I support the everyday, that's kind of my, the main yeah. organization I'm supporting and I'm in contact with them as well. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to push you just a little because you did mention that you would like to eventually go out there and teach. Are you interested in teaching about herbalism or what? what is it that you were thinking? Well, no, but no, I actually don't want to teach as such. That is not my idea. I mean, I have been teaching internationally in all that, and right. um, that is not what I'm looking for. What I actually want to do is to go into the uh, tented settlements um, in Jordan and work with the women. I don't want to teach them. I actually want to make ointments and and herbal blends and so on because i i'm very sure that they know more than me about the local plants there's no question about that <laughs> so but they might need somebody to come in and actually uh, support the idea which is often not supported and i can come in with the money for the raw material we need and that kind of thing that's where i want to take my profit and actually work with the women to produce products for them not for exporting and selling some other people but to actually work within the camps and so i don't want to teach as a lecture at all right i just want to work and i like doing that kind of work you know yeah you know (laughs) when you what other people say teach they may be thinking you know lecturing and that sort of thing very formal Mm. teaching but i really think that working side by side with another herbalist whether they're someone who has more experience or not than yourself is very much a teaching and learning experience. That, and to me, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Mm. yeah so mm. what, no, no, you're, you're, you're right there. And I do plan to teach in that sense. And yeah. what I would like to see if I could teach uh, maybe one or two women to actually work more with the herbs to help other women, because I, yeah. I cannot live there and be there all the time. So I can, I can extract some knowledge and and leave it there and they can continue working but i would like to go again and again i'm not talking about just one workshop i'm talking about actually working there part of the year kind of thing oh yeah it sounds Uh, like um, it sounds like uh, like you're looking at helping women there to establish essentially if a family or a local herbalist practice for their communities so helping them and and a product yeah, and production for the community, basically, yeah. which uh, then I will sustainably support with the profit of my international uh, exportation. So yeah. that is my whole idea. And, and the other thing is that I'm a, I'm a fairly independent woman. I don't want to beg governments for money, that kind right. of thing. You know, They can give me money, too. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> right, I who wouldn't take to, money? <laughs> Well, exactly. But uh, I want to be sustainable in that that I will actually have that profit and start a work, start working with the women like that instead of just running out of money and having to beg for it and so on. But if I manage to stabilize what I'm doing, and and I think I will, then I just can keep on transferring the money to where it's actually needed and continue working within the theme of herbalism of, of healing people. Yeah, it's sort of my my big idea. Mm. I think it's a beautiful vision. I'm excited to see as you're slowly working with it, you know, uh, to watch that growing. Mm. Um, It's it's going to be very interesting to see how it will happen. You know, I think it will happen. I'm fairly sure of that. But how and when and and so forth, I have no idea. Right. (laughs) And it doesn't it doesn't really matter either, because the thing is, yes, I will go go and teach, but I will be taught so much, too. It's always going to be so much exchange. And I'm very sure of that. 
Oh yeah. And so for me, that that is the exciting challenge as well to learn about herbs somewhere else and and so forth, and to be able to 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 give of my knowledge too. Right, and to and learn to actually about- make mo- and make and sorry to make money to make money with a with a nice purpose. I like right. that idea. <laughs> right, it's not so much fun. <laughs> You're not going to do something good with it, you know? I mean, it's fine to make money as you like, but with that purpose, that aligns with how how I like to look at it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I love that. I mean, here in America for the last few years, maybe five or 10 years-ish, but it might be less than that, the big thing is to talk about the why. Everybody wants to know, what's your why for doing your business? Why mm. are you doing this? All right. And that having that purpose that's bigger than yourself. I mean, a lot of people start off with, I need to pay the rent. I I need to put my kids through college, you know, and a lot of of us, yeah. And a lot of Mm. us as herbalists, you know, our, our herbal practice is often a sideline business with a small why I want to be able to pay Mm. for more studies because I'm interested in this. So I have selling products to do so you know, they're very yeah, simple, yeah, but yeah. to be able to take it to that next level where you're, you're doing this for something so much larger than yourself is mm. kind of amazing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you, I think you're correct. But the thing is for me, it's like, it's not, it's out of my hands kind of thing. It's like, yeah. you are called to do this. You have no option. <laughs> it's not something like I will sit down and decide, Oh, I'm not going to do this. That doesn't work like that. Actually, <laughs> right. you just kind of, you kind of pulled and you have right. no choice in the matter anymore. That, that is how it was. But the other thing is, I think, of course, you have to, to run your business uh, nicely and, and have money for the rent and all that. But it's also age, I think. I mean, I'm in my midlife and, and you can more afford things and you also look forward. What do you actually want to do? And this is a common point for many people, I think. In the sort of middle of life, they start yeah. or we start thinking more, how am I going to contribute to things? And so I think yeah. that is what happened too, you know. The Real Herb Market is thrilled to be able to share with you forged, wildcrafted, and carefully selected herbs and botanicals created by Pam Brockmeyer of the Herbal Cash. Pam's understanding of the plants and the potent medicine they each offer shows in the power of her botanicals. Her varicose vein formula is amazing. If you haven't stopped by the Herbal Cache at the Real Herb Market, you want to go see it today. Find the best herbs at therealherbmarket.com slash shop slash the herbal dash cash. Definitely yes. a part of it. Yeah, definitely. It's very much like going wildcrafting. When you first start out, you're thinking really about how much you need and remembering to not take too much and all the, the many rules, which are very good rules yeah. to have in place. But once you become very seasoned, you start to think more about what legacy am I leaving behind? How am I making this Mm -hmm. field or this terrain a better place? How am I, you know, it's a, it's a Mm. progression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a nice way of putting it too. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Mm. I do a lot of wild crafting, so I should know. (laughs) I mean, that's the basis of. That's the basis of my skincare is that I handpick every single herbs that goes into it and just me alone. I don't actually take people with me. It's like I like being alone and doing it. So so that's, yeah. that is the basis of, of how I make my skincare. And, and that is also how I'm going to continue doing it. I love, I love that. And the idea of being able to, you being able to do that in Iceland and then being able to go and mm-hmm. not teach the women of where you're going how to do that because they probably already know 
but to help mm-hmm. share with them your passion and your love of you know, how empowering that is for you to help share yes and with i think them. i think that is the main thing you can do as an outsider you actually bring in that that energy of this is actually okay to do yeah it herbalism is not okay to do in so many places it's not yeah. what is it it's not respected it's right. a women thing yeah. and it doesn't work we we all know that yeah. but when you actually you can come in from the outside and sort of show authority in that no actually i have been working for 30 years with great results stop yes. this nonsense right. that kind of thing and and i'm pretty good at that yeah. you know <laughs> so i can come in and come in with that experience and just empower the women to actually have the confidence to continue with it sort of maybe more outspoken i don't know how it works in, in those societies but you know what i mean yes you actually you actually empower it by just having that experience and knowing that it's okay to do it that way yes. it will work yes to have that kind of confidence and i have been working with herbs for over 30 years now and i do have that confidence there's no question about that and if you can give that forward that that matters a lot mm-hmm. Definitely, in terms of substantiating it or making it more okay for people to work with or respect it or whatever. Yeah, mm. and then also, I mean, you know you'll go there and find that they know an awful lot about their natural environment and what what they Absolutely. can draw on yeah. because they've probably... Much more been, than me. Yeah. yeah, and so being able to say, wow, you guys have this tradition. You have it. Yeah, and to and, to, and to bring in more out, be more proud of it, yeah. be sure about it. You yes. know? Don't hide it away. And and that yes. is very much needed wherever we go with herbalism. There's no yes. question about that. And yes. I don't, I've never heard of anyone actually working with refugees particularly for with this purpose in mind. I don't know of anyone doing it. If anyone is listening and knows about it, please contact me. <laughs> but I, I'm fair. I'm fairly sure that no one is actually doing this. So uh, so that would be a pioneer work as well. I mean, yeah. why not? Definitely needed wherever you go. And the beauty with the herbs, they are so basic. They don't cost much. You can go and pick them or buy them fairly cheaply, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. And, and, I mean, money is scarce. There is no money for medicine as well. It's all kind of charity. So if you can actually bring something in there, which which can easily be done, uh, yes. then then that is the beauty of it. Instead of bringing a product in, you're actually making it that plush you make work. Yes. I mean, yes, then they can sell it for a little bit, whatever, and get some salary as well. That, that is another idea. But I haven't been there. I don't know anything. So <laughs> let's see what, <laughs> what happens, you know. Yeah. See <laughs> but what that, the... that is sort of the, the basic idea. Hmm. Well, so you decided to move everything to a more national, um, international um, sales. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you decide to do that. Do you focus on a specific country? Did you look at um, avoiding ones? What was your process? Like you said, I'm going to make more money. And then you said this. <laughs> so a lot of people would hear that and go, okay, I like to make more money, so what do I do? So, so, yeah. Well, yes, well, it, it is fairly simple. You just have to make more. No, I actually, 
I actually do have a business degree as well. So I do have some ideas about making money. And what I did is that I started specifically studying international marketing and taking courses and reading articles. So I've actually been doing that for quite a few years now. And I'm a part of a, of a group of international women as well who help each other out, that kind of mentorship kind of. Uh, so I have actually been preparing. It is not just out of blue, I'm going to make money. <laughs> you do have to know a little bit what you're doing, but you can do amazing things with simple things too. So I decided to concentrate on, on those three countries, uh, US, UK and Canada, because they're English speaking. And I do, uh, I pride myself on a very good customer service and English is my language is the one I understand the best. So it's much more easier for me to service people and write emails constantly in English. So that, that simply, I mean, instead of German, which I don't speak mm-hmm. or something like that, countries which are closer to me. So it's just simply more, it's more simple for me to do it that I have to, I have to think of it as, as simple as possible. Because it's not like I have a huge team of people yet, at least. I do plan to actually increase and, and have a team around me, but not until next year. Uh, and so, yes, that's the reason why I picked those countries more than any. I am getting orders from, from many countries, but I'm concentrating on advertising to those three. Did you see your um, your sales increase? Has, has the skincare part of the business really expanded? Would you say that um, you've hit your goals? Um, is it going to allow mm. you to to do your other goal and support the refugee? Mm-hmm. Yes, actually, with the rebranding, I saw uh, increase in sales in Iceland. And Iceland is a very small market, but it's also like a test tube. It's, mm-hmm. it's easy to test things because we are small, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's not really comparable because I'm very well known in Iceland, but not anywhere else, of course. Um, but no, uh, definitely I've been seeing, in, and also since I made the decision, it's it's an energy thing, you know. I made the decision, I'm, I'm doing a lot of work around it, I'm putting the energy behind it, and it's definitely it's definitely working. It's not just a voodoo thing, you know. <laughs> I am actually seeing the numbers. <laughs> and so, yes, it's and it's definitely, uh, and I haven't really started marketing properly yet. I do it mainly with newsletters. I like to have subscribers with newsletter and I like to uh, give lots of information like I blog about various things and, and and that kind of thing because I do believe it's a it's a good thing to inform people and, and give out a lot of good stuff that that is value in that I think and I also like to write I have written several books so um, that's part of what I do but no I haven't really started to see a proper increase but I will <laughs> talk to me <laughs> you <don't> do. <laughs> Absolutely confident on that, of course. So you're saying it's a leap of faith and a belief that you do it. Yeah, it is. It has it has to be beneath that. Yes, absolutely. But it is also my experience. If you're actually aligned with what you are supposed to be doing, things do work out. And then you run up against a problem and you solve it. Might take a time, but you have to solve it and you do. So and you might go around it and and you know. But you usually figure things out, I think. I do, generally. But I'm, I'm fairly confident I can get there. Uh, if not, I'll just change the goal somehow. <laughs> that's, you, that's the other thing you can do, you know? <laughs> and I think, you know, you tapped into something earlier about when you had said, you know, midlife. I, I find for myself mm-hmm. that because we're all in that 
age group, I think now mm-hmm. that and you mean yeah. you, myself, and Anna Rosa, not <laughs> well, our entire listeners. Well, no, the all so in the conversation. <laughs> you know, I can't include yeah, everybody. <laughs> you know, it's it's our conversation. But the, I guess the point I find myself doing the same thing is like I'll have an idea, I'll bust through the roadblocks. If I need to take more time to do it, I just do it, and I realize mm. that I can't. And when I was younger, I would hold off on doing things until it was dead perfect. I mean, it would there was uh, right. Y- right. I wouldn't release it. I wouldn't do any. It, it had to be perfect. And as I've gotten older, Such I realized. A bad thing. <laughs> yeah, I realized I, I missed out yeah. on opportunities because I was so worried yeah. about being perfect that I didn't yeah. just say, you know what? And it's I'll fix it yeah. as I go. Yeah. Yeah, and it's such a common thing that people wait yes. until something is perfect. I've gotten rid of perfectionism completely. I'm not into that anymore. No. Uh-huh. I, just, yeah. I just got rid of it. It, it's just it, it stops. Absolutely. You do your, you do your best and, and, and things roll from there. Yeah. And, and the thing is you do all kinds of mistakes. I mean, we all do, yeah. right? Do all the time. And then you just fix them somehow or, or apologies if you did something bad. You just fix it and continue. Yeah. But perfectionism will hold you back endlessly, and it's absolutely no oh, point yeah. in it. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I agree. Life is really a grand experiment. I mean, you mm, hypothesize this will work, you give it a try, and maybe it did, and maybe it didn't, and you observe from that, you know. But the, and, you'll, and you'll figure something else out. And, yeah. But the level of importance of that failure dramatically changes as you age. I mean, yes. if I fail on something now, it's like, eh, you know, I failed. Exactly. I'll try it again another way. Yeah. But when I was 20 something, oh my God, it's the worst. I failed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'll say it once, I'll say it again, I'll say it three times. Youth is wasted on the young. (laughs) 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 Because if I had this mentality when I was in my 20s, oh man. You wouldn't have wasted all that time of being perfect, huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, or being so concerned no, I mean, about about um, yes, doing things. What other know? thing? What right. other people think? That kind of thing. Exactly. Right? I'm not very concerned about what other other people think of me. <laughs> they kind of think I'm nuts. That's absolutely fine. I enjoy myself. <laughs> They're welcome to their own thoughts. Simple as that. The thing, the thing I struggled with when I was younger, and I'll, I'll admit, sometimes I still struggle with it as a middle-aged woman is the word supposed to, what am I supposed to be doing? And Mm -hmm. when I was younger, I I always thought in terms of I'm supposed to be somehow doing something that's going to have this huge positive impact on the world. I'm going to heal everybody. And Ah, as, as I've aged, Mm -hmm. I've been like, well, let's scale that back a bit. You know, let's keep scaling. Okay, now we're down to the point where I'm like, well, I'm not going to worry about healing so much as I'm going to worry about exploring the world and doing the best I can, you know, spreading my values, which, you know, our our healing values are about kindness and compassion and caring toward others and about absolutely. So and yeah, I I just like to say you have to follow your heart. That's that's all you have to do all the time. Literally, that's how I think of. I I think simplistically in that sense, definitely. But it just works for me to to be yes. fairly simple about it. Yeah. But that supposed thing that you're supposed to do something that's so bad, yeah. <laughs> and that's so many people <laughs> suffering from that. Yeah. I'm I'm really not suffering from that one. Definitely not. <laughs> 
Did, <laughs> but did, I, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing then if that was the case. Did you, when you were much younger and when you were, you know, half the age you are now, let's say ish, mm-hmm. you know, did, Young, yeah. <laughs> was it was it easy to follow your heart then? I mean, because I, for me, my heart, I had to start taking off the layers. There were so many layers of stuff, of yeah. clothing, costuming mm. over it. Yeah. I know, which is very, very common. I have had the luck of not being able to control it. Asking, uh-huh. I had to become a herbalist, and I had absolutely no choice in that either. So. That it's that thing about mm-hmm. having a calling. So I've always yeah. had that pretty strongly, and that has kind of stood with me uh, more than anything else. And I haven't had to sort of think about my purpose in life too much because I've always known it, and and so I've always followed the heart in that sense. But of course, yeah. I've gone off the road quite a few <laughs> yeah. times and all that, but <laughs> like we all do, but not sort of, not sort of. In any any rustic way. Well, maybe when I worked in the banks, that was a bit rustic, yes. <laughs> but uh, but it's always it always pulls me back, and I always I always recognize it, and I keep on following. And so hence that following the heart. Yes. I just call it that, but that's yes. my name for it. So I don't sway too much, and and that I think is luck because I know so many other people who have trouble with exactly that, and they're always looking for. For kind of the purpose in life. Well, I'm just I'm working and having fun, that, yes. that, and that is lucky to be like that because a lot of people don't, you know. Oh yeah. But then you have to listen to your intuition and your heart as well. You cannot just ignore it. You get sick usually if you ignore it too much. Yeah. Don't realize that you actually get diseases. You get ill if you're not listening to to your heart, as I like to call yes. it. Very simplistic, but it's like it's it's an easy way to say it. Hmm. Yeah, I love you said that and. There was a point when I was in my 30s where I was really feeling very angsty and and melancholic over Mm. the fact that I couldn't figure out what I was supposed to be doing with my life. And I took some Mm. time and I sat and I just got really quiet with it. And then I don't remember, I think it might have actually been just ruminating on the rose, the actual, the rose plant. I was smelling it, my grandmother thinking in my head, all of that. One. Yeah. And I realized that what I'm supposed to be doing is everything that I'm already doing or what I'm already doing, mm-hmm. but that I can recognize yeah. my calling by looking back and seeing what are the things that just keep showing up. Like for me, the plants had been yeah. showing up since I was mm-hmm. quite a small child and art had yep. been showing Same up. Thing. So what are the things that you just keep somehow come, you may you may take a five year turn away from it, but yet it calls you back and you do it again and you come back into it. it Absolutely. Yeah. And you have no choice in the matter. That is the thing. Right. You actually don't have choice in it. Right. That is my conclusion. <laughs> so I just follow it because I've yeah. given up, you know. I don't try to control this anymore. Right. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of how I live that's kind of how I live by now, literally. Yeah. Because it's the only way. Yeah. You have to kind of follow the flow. You're yes. being pulled there, let's go there then and see what happens. Yes. It's <laughs> almost it's honestly it reminds me of wildcrafting in an area where maybe you've been before but then you notice that little that the change in the landscape it's a slightly different so you start to walk in that direction and as you get closer Mm -hmm. you find some new herbal friend or you find someone that you've been looking for thinking about exactly yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's exactly how it works it's a very good uh, analogy is that the word for it i think yeah yeah 
That's excellent. Mm. I, I do recognize that a lot from picking, actually. Yeah. And you just kind of, yeah, let's go over there and see what's there. Yeah. And then you find something you're looking for. Mm. Yes, yes. Yeah. So um, we'll have links to the organizations um, that yeah. were mentioned uh, to that you know, support Anna Rosa and her mission. Yes. So make sure that we'll have mm-hmm. those for you. Um, what are the three organizations, again, that, that you're um, working with? It's um it's Everyday uh, Foundation it's called okay and that's the uh, the organization of Mohammed Mohaisen and then it's Lemon Tree Trust okay and uh, Reclaimed Childhood perfect we'll have those links and in... then I would yeah yeah we we'll have yeah, those links in the show notes and then uh, how yeah. can our, our readers listen uh, uh, how can our listeners reach you well. I would like to invite them to subscribe to my newsletter because that's where they will get all the news and cool. lots of them. And, and I will I will tell people where I'm on my journey, basically, when I okay. go and when I start working and all that. So that will be the simplest thing to, to go on my website and, and subscribe to my newsletter, definitely. And mm-hmm. do you want to say your website Please. out loud? Oh, yeah, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very simple. It's anarosaskincare.com. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, it, mm-hmm. so go to anarosaskincare.com and subscribe. You'll get mm-hmm. all of the news and information yeah. that she has. Yeah, and you, and you can also follow me on Instagram if you want. I have quite a lot of stories sometimes there from when I'm picking herbs, that kind of thing. So you can you can look at Iceland through through Instagram. Right? When, because I'm on the road for four, four months per year just picking. So And then I tend to pick. Take pictures of pretty waterfalls too, not just herbs, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> all right. If you're keen on Iceland, you definitely want to follow on Instagram as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful. You do have a beautiful gallery. Yeah. So one of the Thank things you. that that, that we do on um, now is uh, this year is is as we end our podcast, we always ask our hosts to join in and say our little catchphrase, which is "put an herb on it." So. Um, <laughs> So I'm going to, I'm going to say as always, and then you're going to say, put an herb on it and we'll do it all together. Okay. 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 So here we go. That. As always, put, put an, an herb, herb on it. Put an herb on it. All right. Thank you so much, Thank Anna. You so much. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you. Thank you for having me. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA. They're not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication, or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.